Hey guys, thank you for joining me today for another episode. Listen, this episode is it, it's powerful, guys. It will move you and it will grab your heart. And I know when I went through this message with my wife and was just trying to get some feedback from her, it was difficult for me to make it through some parts of this. There was parts of it that really I had to pause. It 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 grabbed my heart so much that I, I just had to stop. And I don't want to not share a message just because I may struggle to make it through it. Because this message, I believe, is meant for a lot of people. And it's a powerful message that brings hope and restoration. So all I can say is buckle up. You may need to grab a box of tissue and hang on, but let's dig in to what God has to say today. The title of this episode is called Glass Houses. It comes from the old proverb, those in glass houses should not throw stones. Urban Dictionary defines it as a phrase used to remind someone that they're being hypocritical. Don't point out someone else's flaws when you have your own to worry about. Matthew 7 verse 3 puts it like this. Why, then, do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own eye? But despite these words of wisdom, mankind is notorious for throwing stones in glass houses. Think about just how often people tear others down while ignoring their own shortcomings. Someone who does not work out but makes fun of someone who may be a little overweight but is trying to exercise. How about the coworker that is always criticizing a fellow coworker about their work ethic, yet they try to get out of doing as much as they can, or tend to be late to work, or they leave early? People love to point out someone's imperfections while they clearly don't own a mirror themselves. How about getting onto your kids for something, for doing the same thing that you do? Now I feel like I'm stepping on toes, especially my own. People love to draw attention to others' mistakes because it keeps attention off their own. You know, and this is where we pick up today. A story about a woman that was lost, made some mistakes, and was buried under the weight of her sin and the condemnation of others. I mean, who can find redemption when the religious leaders, the Pharisees, are, the, are there to make sure you are humiliated and punished in front of everybody? The Pharisees were religious leaders, a self-serving, prideful, and un, and often unforgiving group with an inflated self-worth. They saw themselves as being better than everyone else. I know you might be thinking, that sounds a lot like our leaders today. And you would probably be right. Apparently, human behavior doesn't really change. It just It's just repeated. But I digress. The religious leaders were too concerned with catching anyone not following the rules, like they were waiting on you to slip up and break a rule so they could use God to try and justify punishing you. While pointing out the sins of everyone else, they ignored their own because their sin was not as bad as your sin. At least that's what they thought until Jesus called them out. This story can be found in John chapter 8. We pick up there with verse 1. Then everyone went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early the next morning, he went back to the temple. All the people gathered around him, and he sat down and began to teach them. 
Okay, let's get this out of the way. I do not believe Jesus went back to the temple the next morning to sit down and teach some random people about God. Jesus is very intentional. He went back to the temple because he had an appointment with some bullies and a woman and he was not going to miss it. This shows us that when you feel like you can't find redemption because of all the condemnation, redemption will come to you. Just like with the story of Jesus getting in Peter's boat, Jesus was not in that place by accident. And the people he was speaking to was not why he was there. He was there for that woman, which most of us believe to be Mary Magdalene. Just like the day he got in Peter's boat to speak to the people, he was there for Peter. Like Mary, like, like Peter, Mary had a divine appointment with Jesus, and it would forever change her life. Okay, so picking up with verse 3, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had, who had been caught committing adultery, and they made her stand before them all. They said to, to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. In our law, Moses commanded that such a woman be stoned to death. Now, what do you say? You see, they found this woman breaking the rules and they drug her out in front of everyone so they could humiliate her and condemn her while trying to trap Jesus using the laws of Moses. Now, what Jesus does next would undoubtedly frustrate these Pharisees and leave them speechless like only Jesus can do. But he bent over and wrote down, wrote on the ground with his finger, as they stood there asking him questions, he straightened up and said to them, Whichever one of you has committed no sin may throw the first stone at her. Then he bent over again and wrote on the ground. When they heard this, they all left one by one, the older ones first. I would love to know what he wrote in the sand that day. What if what he wrote were some of their sins that they were guilty of, sins that they would immediately recognize as their own and feel convicted. Either way, what he wrote along with his challenge to throw the first stone left them speechless and they had no choice but to walk away or risk being exposed as the hypocrites they were. Jesus is savage, essentially calling them out and reminding them that people who live in glass houses should not throw stones. Also, it is important to note that Jesus did that what Jesus did by defending this guilty woman was unheard of. Men did not jump to the defense of a woman, especially against the Pharisees. Women were not respected like that and didn't have a voice. So this should fill you with hope and encourage you that no matter what you have done or where you f- or when you feel like you are buried under your sin, Jesus will shut the mouths of your accusers and remove the burden of your sin. This is what he does. Now, the devil is always trying to accuse us. You know, Satan's always trying to accuse us, but Jesus is there to put him in his place. Like with this woman, Jesus fights for you. He stands ready to shut down your enemies. Clearly, they did not know who they were dealing with as they were basically trying to outwit the all-knowing Son of God. There's no denying that she was guilty of doing what they said she did. But Jesus had no problem putting himself in the middle and shielding this woman from her accusers because she 
was who he was there for to begin with. Do you ever feel like someone or like people that all people want to do is point out your mistakes and remind you of of why you are not deserving of some opportunity or not worthy of anything better? That is actually one of the devil's main tactics when dealing with Christ followers. Satan will try to tear you down and convince you that you are a failure and undeserving of any blessing or favor in your life. Look at what you have done. You deserve to suffer. In those times, we have to call out the accuser and remind him of his failures and the fate that awaits him. We have to call on the one who shuts down our accusers, the one who brings restoration, the one who says the last will be first and the first will be last. Look at what Jesus tells this woman. Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there. He straightened up and said to her, Where are they? Is there no one left to condemn you? No one, sir, she answered. Well then, Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go, but do not sin again. Jesus does not ignore the sin as you can see. He instructs her to turn from her sin. This woman had made a mess of her life, and yet Jesus does not condemn her. Instead, he shows her grace and mercy and compassion. He did not ask anything of her before stepping in to help her. He met her where she was, trapped in her sin and without hope, buried under condemnation. Jesus shines a light in her dark world and frees her from the weight of her sin. He shut down her accusers, and if anyone had the right to condemn her, it was Jesus, but he did not. Mercy and love, grace and compassion, redemption and hope, that is what he brought to her that day, and that is what he brings to each of us. Jesus never throws stones. He never offered condemnation. Instead, he rocked the world and changed lives through mercy and love. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. And for that, we should all be grateful. I know that I am. Jesus, thank you so much for what you did that day. Thank you so much that what you, that what you did on the cross, Lord, that was everything. Thank you, Jesus, that, that redemption that you bring is life-changing. Thank you, Lord, that, that you offer us an opportunity to, to be free of that burden, to be free of our sin, to not have to carry the weight of condemnation, Lord, thank you that you loved us so much that you went to the cross to defeat death, hell, and the grave for us. You took the weight of the world and the sins of the world on you so that, like this woman, we could have redemption. We could be free.
we could be free, Lord, of the weight of our sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you promise to be with us always. And when we feel buried under condemnation, or when we feel the weight of our mistakes, thank you that you are there to offer us restoration. Like this woman, you are there to shut the mouths of the accusers, to shut the mouths of those who want to tear you down. You are there to lift us up. And God, all I can say is thank you. Today I ask that you would go before us, that you would give us the strength, that you would fill us with hope and love and compassion and mercy that we would be an extension of what you did that day for for this woman that we would be an extension of that and that we would be a blessing to those around us Jesus thank you for all that you do for us and I pray that you would pour out your favor in our life today and help us to be a light into someone's dark world. That we would speak hope and encouragement. We love you, Jesus. All this we ask in your name. Amen.